0: Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're going to have a great conversation today. We're going to talk about what's going on. Obviously, we had a jobs report come out. We've got some uh, bullish feels. I tell you, I should have recorded the beginning of the conversation before we started the program. We're going to get these two gentlemen's feels on what's going on in the wheat complex and the cash market on this cattle. Maybe a little bit of excitement going on there. We're gonna take a look at that and a whole lot more on this week's episodes. Imagine a future fueled by soy-based possibilities. A future where creativity and productivity live together under one roof. A future that takes you from point A to point B to point Z, all while ensuring brighter tomorrows for our next generation. A soy-based future? It's already here. Welcome back. As we jump into this program today, we are being joined by Arlen Suderman. Arlen, of course, with StoneX and Kyle Bumstead joins us. He is with Alan Dale. And gentlemen, I think I want to just kind of start off getting your feel, the overall feel of what the markets were this week as we now have really hit the month of August. And kind of Arlen, to start out with you, what was one of your key catches for the week?
1: Well, first of all, let's go back to Wednesday when we had a strike on two key ports in Ukraine by Russia, and we saw the commodities drop, and they started off higher and then dropped. And that all goes back to the Fitch reduction of U.S. credit rating, going to a double A plus from a triple A. It it turned into a major sell-off of commodities and equities that day. And the only thing that I saw going up really was the dollar following treasury yields higher and cocoa and coffee were up that day, but everything else is pretty well sold off. And what that says is longer term, we have a big debt problem in this country that's eventually going to catch up to us and going to increase the, in, the interest rates that we all pay. Uh, and it's going to become a drag on the economy. And so that's a long term problem. Now, we only traded it for about a day and a half. But it's a warning shot for longer term. The jobs report that came out on Friday uh, was more or less, if you're a hawk, you can find something in it you liked; If you're a dove, you can find something in it you like. The market interpreted it as what the Fed is doing is going well and will be quicker to pivot toward lower rates. Not sure I agree with that, Um, but that's the way the market interpreted that allowed grain and oil seeds to go back to trading supply and demand fundamentals for now.
2: All right, Kyle, what was your one catch of the week? I'd say my one catch of the week was probably, uh, you know, going to this jobs report here. The box beef market last month was weaker, and so that kind of had me uh, leading to think that this would not be, you know, near as strong of data or near as friendly of data. And when I look at it, like Arlen said, you can find something hawkish, and you can find something dovish. When you see the biggest sector in employment gains was in the government sector. I'm really not too inclined to think that things are just all rosy yet because I I don't know if that was new IRS agents or what that was. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, the growing sector was in the government sector. And I really can't say that that's a good thing. I mean, people have more jobs, but it wasn't in some of the other uh, key industries that we'd like to see them be in as far as, uh, you know, consumer or uh, purchasing consumer goods.
0: All right. I'm going to lob this next one out and let you guys have this discussion. Hopefully we can recreate uh, what we had before the show started. And that's talking about uh, this wheat market. Uh, Kyle, you kind of started that whole conversation. Um, is there some bullishness? Is there, what's the feel going on for this wheat complex?
2: Well, I want to go back to Arlen's first point about some of these port strikes and and the stuff going on in Russia, Ukraine, and we've seen headlines uh, quite quite often here. They either come out Sunday night or Saturday afternoon, Sunday night, early, or Monday night when we're sleeping or getting ready to start the trade on Monday, and it sends the market into a tizzy and it goes up, but what's been happening is... There, there's a lot of bullishness out there because wheat is looking like it's getting cheap because it's been beat up for the last six seven eight days whatever it is and no corn ended its eight day downstreak today woohoo you know on a Friday we end the down streak in corn but the wheat complex is building in a lot of carry in that market especially the Chicago wheat complex now what that means is we don't want your wheat right now we're actually the market's actually paying you to store wheat now from you go from uh, the September contract to the December contract in Chicago wheat there that carry spreads at like 110 to 115%. And that's going to bring in one of our old arch nemesis that Arlen mentioned here before we started talking is VSR, variable storage rates, which is probably going to happen somewhere between the 25th and 27th of the month where they adjust the storage rates because we've got plenty of wheat or we've got no demand. I don't know what the situation is. Maybe we've had some shorter crops and we just don't have the demand what it is, but it's saying we don't want USA wheat right now. We just don't want it. There's plenty of wheat in the world. We're fine with it. And something else I'd like to point out, um, in the wheat complexes in Kansas city wheat. When we went home on Memorial day weekend, the September, December uh, wheat spread was inverted, meaning they wanted your wheat right now. That was, that was inverted by about 18 to 20 cents. And now we're sitting at about 18, 19 cents carry, which they're widening that carry back out saying, okay, we either.
0: Oh, we We lost Kyle for a second. He'll pop back in here. There you're back.
2: On the futures.
0: So, Arlen, I saw you kind of shaking your head in agreement as Kyle was talking. Kind of give us your spin on this.
1: Yeah, let's put it in perspective. Yes, Ukraine is a major exporter, mostly corn and wheat. But right now, Russia is dumping a lot of cheap wheat. In fact, record amounts of wheat onto the world market. And Brazil's harvesting a massive corn crop, which is being dumped on the world market at very cheap prices right now. So we don't need Ukraine's corn and wheat right now. and Ukraine's going to find a way to get it out if it's over land. Europe is not going to allow Ukrainian agriculture to fail. They're going to find safe corridors over land if necessary, and they're going to subsidize it. They're going to find the money to subsidize it. That's the general expectation. What would really make a difference and why we got the reaction for a little bit here on Friday uh, is if we interrupt or we are able to cut exports coming out of Russia. And this is something we've been warning our clients about, saying the risk may be low, but it could be a game changer if it happens. And we moved a step closer to that when two Ukrainian boat drones attacked a naval port that is also a major commodity exporting port in Russia that handles about 1.8 million barrels per day of crude oil and about 47 percent of Russia's wheat exports on Thursday night. Now, it didn't last, it wasn't closed long, it did significantly damage a naval ship, but as far as exporting commodities, it didn't disrupt it long. If that's all that happens, we go back to the problem of we have surplus corn and wheat in this country. If we continue to escalate things to where Russian exports are shut down, then it becomes a factor. Until then, we have a surplus grain here with no demand.
0: Having said that, the dollar? What do you see that influencer? Could it kind of help change that around a little bit, export possibilities?
1: Well, the dollar has been troublingly strong. Will it go weaker? It's tried to break weaker a couple of times. Overall, the longer-term trend is trying to break weaker. It really comes back to those treasury yields, though. If we have the highest yields and people are going to want to do business with the dollar, Want to invest in that and we were trending lower on the expectation that the Fed was going to pivot. Fitch's credit rating lowering caused those treasury yields all of a sudden to surge back to nine month highs for the 10 year, therefore the dollar surged to what about three week highs, almost four week highs. And then we got the jobs report and it came back down. So a little bit, Wall Street's trying to figure that out right now, but that's gonna be the key to watch. Do we see Moody's reduce our credit rating? And what does the Fed do? Fed doesn't meet again until later next month, but those are gonna be the keys for a dollar. Right now it's hurting our exports.
0: All right, Kyle, are you are you happy the way the cash cattle market traded this week?
2: Yeah, so far very happy. After the close today. Uh, in fact, uh, all morning long, you were just getting bids. They were kind of creeping up there. We started at 187, then we went to 188, then we were at 189. I do know some 188 that traded last night. That's with trucking. That went out of northwest Iowa to uh, central Nebraska. And then uh, by the end of the day, we were uh, trading 295 on a dress basis in central Nebraska to all the majors and all the regional packers. So that does look good. And that's why I think part of, part of the reason I think that was for the bounce in the futures today. But the other part is, too, we have uh, option expiration today in the August light. Live- cattle contract and then we also have first notice day on monday so you saw a lot of people uh speculators putting on that august october live cattle spread that widened out to about three dollars today and a lot of the old timers will put that on right around first notice day especially when you start to see positive or or more positive cash news like we saw here today. So I'm very happy with the way things, uh, you know, looked here today. We did see early on in the week, we did see some uh, non-commercial, some fun selling, but I think that kind of dried up. Volume has kind of dried up in the cattle complex as well. So I think early next week we could start off on a higher note, but then we've also got to be open-minded because there could be a shift here as we did get these option people that uh, are going to be long futures with their option calls that were exercise long. We may have a run the other way just to... Oh,
0: well, oh, he's back again. uh- Arla, let's ask you um, a question on the sell signals. Somebody was talking about some possible sell signals happening for these hogs.
1: Yeah, when, when we look at hogs, typically with this time of year, we see that uh, product market turns seasonally lower. And the market's been expecting that for some time. That's why we're looking at the October Contract trading was at $22, $23 below where the cash index is right now. And the cash market's starting to soften a little bit. The question is, what is the strength of the product market? We saw, in a good example, that's the belly market, where we saw it more than triple in value in a matter of weeks this summer. And it was largely tied to Prop 12. When they got the waiver that said, as long as you have it in the state borders by July 1, you can use it up until December 31. So retailers in California bought up all the supplies of pork that they could. That caught uh, retailers in the other 49 states short of supplies. So they're trying to get coverage and and we kept propping up the product market, pushing up the price of lean hogs. You would think that we would have balanced that out by now. So there's growing speculation in the industry that maybe domestic demand is stronger than we thought. We'll still probably see things soften, but maybe not as much as what the board has built into it right now, between now and October, we should learn a lot over the next couple of weeks.
0: All right, gentlemen, this uh, time frame went really, really fast. Appreciate your time on a Friday. Thank you. As we always want to remind folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. That has been this week's Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkup stay hydrated as we got some warm temperatures they're talking about. That's been this week's show here on the Rural Radio Network.